Hello and welcome to another episode of Cranky Talk, a show for avgeeks and non-avgeeks alike. We tackle anything related to airlines and sometimes beyond. This week, Dave really wants to talk about the future of his beloved Spirit Airlines, which got significantly more interesting on Monday with JetBlue getting hostile. Uh, yeah, listeners know that there will always be a place in my heart for spirit. Um, <laughs> and I don't like all this fighting, you know? Uh, Mom, Dad, spirit. stop it! Yeah, from, from a former fave to a new fave, uh, spirit should just take over Frontier and JetBlue. Ooh, this is quite the hot take. I'm here for it. Let's paint the world yellow, one plane at a time. <laughs> but before we do that... We have to actually talk about this whole JetBlue wanting spirit thing because we did not discuss that on Cranky Talk yet. The last time we talked, uh, it was just Frontier trying to buy a spirit and, you know, life seemed so simple back then. Right. So why does JetBlue want spirit? Um, I've flown JetBlue a lot back in the Long Beach days. And as everyone knows, I have flown spirit. Uh, They could not be more different. You are not wrong. (laughs) They are pretty different. And honestly, I still can't figure out JetBlue's rationale here. I've written about it, but it seems like the basic idea is that it wants to buy the airplanes and the flight crews, uh, along with some gate space at some of the biggest airports outside the Northeast where JetBlue's not so big these days and Spirit has more. (laughs) Uh, All right, but that doesn't seem like a lot. (laughs) I've heard JetBlue said it wants to turn Spirit into JetBlue, so it's not going to keep that low-cost, nickel-and-dime strategy that has worked for Spirit? Yeah, that's what JetBlue says. This this is acquiring Spirit not for what Spirit is. It's going to just paint everything blue, so... Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's a head-scratcher to me, especially at the the very inflated price of $33 a share in all cash that it first offered, which, um, you know, roughly 50% or more than Frontier's offer, which is a mix of cash and stock. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge premium, so seems like a no-brainer if you're Spirit, but uh, Spirit says no, shot it down, sticking with Frontier. Yeah, and I'm not seeing why you would take the Frontier offer over the JetBlue one. Well, me neither. I definitely would have employed the uh, the Steve Miller strategy here. I really don't want to ask what you mean for fear of you breaking into song, but what do you mean? Oh, you know. You know where this is going. <laughs> Go on, take the money and run. No? Uh. Yeah. I know. If I don't leave you feeling sick to your stomach at some point during the podcast, I've done it wrong. Yeah. Uh, no, but look, Spirit went the other way. And they had a couple reasons. Like the, the first was that they think the strategic value is so great that Frontier's stock value after the merger will shoot up like a rocket and become more valuable than the JetBlue offer. Because since Frontier is paying for uh, most of this in stock, if that happens, then the value of the deal goes up. Mm-hmm. And the other? <laughs> you sound skeptical. The <laughs> Well, the, the bigger reason, that, as they explain, is Spirit's advisors think that a JetBlue deal won't be able to be completed. And there we go. Right. So, <laughs> uh, 
uh, it's not that like JetBlue will get cold feet, right? It's it's it, they seem pretty committed to this, so that's not where the fear lies. Well, sort that is actually one of Spirit's concerns. They're a little worried about that, but um, but yes, I mean more importantly is the idea that Spirit thinks the Feds just won't approve the deal. Uh, during the required antitrust review or if they do it'll take really really long like two years or more and and the value goes down the longer you have to wait for your payday right that's the part i get so uh (laughs) how might JetBlue get cold feet oh yeah i know they seem super committed at this point but yes but so what spirit's worried about is that the feds will ask for too much to be given up to get the deal approved and then JetBlue will walk away um, so Spirit asked JetBlue for a uh, apparently so-called hell or high water provision, which says that JetBlue will do anything it needs to do to complete the deal, and JetBlue wouldn't agree to that. All right, so Spirit picks Frontier, and now JetBlue comes back with a vengeance. Uh, <laughs> yes. It seems like a pretty big deal that JetBlue has come back with a hostile bid. Right, so yeah, Spirit picked Frontier. And JetBlue is going to go quietly into the gentle night. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, I this wasn't unexpected to me because JetBlue does seem so hell bent on making this happen um, that once the Spirit Board said no, no, we're not going with the Blue Crew, there was only one way for for JetBlue to do this, and you know, that's where we are yeah, now. torch the place, torch the place. <laughs> I take that back. There are two ways for JetBlue to do this. I was thinking more along the lines of that uh, hostile takeover thing. All right. So let's tell the listeners what a hostile takeover is. Yeah. Okay. So a hostile takeover is when one entity tries to take over another against its wishes. And the idea is that even if the board of the target company says no, as Spirit did, um, the potential acquirer can go straight to the company's shareholders to try to override the board. And this has happened before plenty of times, and even in airline land. Uh, we're going to go in the <laughs> Wayback Machine here to before you were born, Dave, but uh, think no further than the much-hated Carl Icahn, who uh, <laughs> we don't need to get into too much nuance, but he successfully destroyed TWA's chances of ever surviving in the long term. <laughs> okay, so... This would this destroy spirit? No, 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 no. I know. Maybe I shouldn't have used that example. That (laughs) that was a totally different situation. Um, Icon is just well known for like pillaging companies, taking short-term games, leaving carcasses, not caring. Um, It was just an example of a hostile takeover in airline land where the actually TWA's. uh, board, they even reached out to the DOT to say, please stop them. <laughs> it, it, it didn't didn't work, but it sure did kill TWA. Um, and, you know, an, another thing that was different here is that sometimes the way it works with a hostile takeover is whoever w- wants to acquire the company, they'll start acquiring the shares on the open market. Uh, and then they amass enough that they don't need to woo as many other shareholders to be able to wrest control away from the existing team. And that is what happened with TWA. Icon just kept acquiring. Um, and that's not happening here. JetBlue hasn't acquired a large stake uh, or it would have had to disclose it by law. And so that's anything uh, over 5%. So they, they might have something, but it'd be less than 5% of the company. 
Sure, you can think about here like what Elon Musk was threatening to do with Twitter um, oh for, God, for a little bit guy. there to go hostile. Uh, succession season three. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so how do the mechanics man. of this? Wall Street, anyway? Yeah, there we, <laughs> we go. So, how do the mechanics of this work? Okay, so uh, while the JetBlue deal was coming in, Spirit was still moving forward on the merger that it already agreed to with Frontier. So that's something that's important. Like before the JetBlue thing happened, Spirit and Frontier already agreed on the merger. So that was moving forward. So it's now gotten far enough along on the, uh, the SEC financial side of things uh, that they have scheduled a shareholder vote for that merger. And that happens on June 10th. So that becomes the drop dead date. If uh, if the shareholders approve it on June 10th, done deal. Uh, I I mean, done deal from a shareholder perspective. If the feds right. want, they can stop it in the antitrust review and all that kind of stuff. But um, but barring that, there wouldn't be room for JetBlue to sneak in at that point. Um, so time is of the essence for JetBlue here. Clock is ticking. Yeah, and I do love a good race against the clock. It sure makes for much more fun drama. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but so what JetBlue did here, they put together this plan. They did three things. The first is they said, hey, shareholders, vote no on the Frontier deal. That's pretty pretty standard plan there if you're trying to block it. Uh, so it put out a proxy card, the, uh, the blue proxy, uh, that will get mm-hmm. sent out to the shareholders and makes it easy for them to just align with JetBlue and vote no and all that. All right, so that seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, you have to stop the Frontier deal if you're going to get your own deal. So that that was an easy place to start. Um, yeah. Then JetBlue is reminding all shareholders that they uh, should make sure to exercise their appraisal rights, which, as I understand it, is a process uh, for Delaware corporations that uh, shareholders can have the courts or a third party or someone anyway do an independent appraisal on the value of the company and if the value is higher than a deal that gets done then the shareholders would be due more money in cash uh, i think so uh, (laughs) yeah so even if the frontier deal gets done it could get more expensive i guess yeah this so this is about trying to screw over frontier if the deal does go through (laughs) i know isn't it great all the spite uh it's i don't know i mean does JetBlue think this would scare frontier away or something like this doesn't seem like something that would get JetBlue to win like in a sense this <laughs> makes it easier for shareholders to vote for frontier and then get paid more later so it kind of works against JetBlue's interest i think i i don't really understand um so it really just seems spiteful and, uh, you know, this is JetBlue just like turning the screws and being like, well, if you're going to win Frontier, we're going to we're, we're going to follow the Dave plan. We're going to torch the place. <laughs> right. Which is a dick move. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and what was the third thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's the actual tender offer being sent to the shareholders. So um, JetBlue is now saying it will give them thirty dollars a share in cold, hard cash. And that's lower than the original $33 that was offered. Uh, but JetBlue says it's open to going back up to 33 if Spirit lets JetBlue perform its due diligence, which it's been saying, you know, it's been blocking uh, this whole time. 
which is funny because um, Spirit CEO Ted Christie was on CNBC this week after the hostile bid, and he said, yeah, I mean, we've been working with them. We gave them this. They even thanked us for being so transparent. It was really funny. Like, they're just – they're in very different places right now. Um, but so really, though, the, the point of this – like $30 offer saying we'll go to 33 if the board plays. This is throwing the board under the bus. <laughs> They're throwing yep. Spirit's board under the bus saying shareholders revolt. Yeah, so much turbulence. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is pretty amazing. It is. It's so fun to watch from an outside perspective. It's just silly, though. <laughs> All right. So any guesses on how this is going to end? Guns drawn at high noon? <laughs> That, that's probably the only way that this could get more exciting. That's a good point. I wonder who's quicker on the track. <laughs> that's a lot here. Probably, uh, pr- probably, uh, probably Spirit. They've, uh, they've seemed to be the, the airline that's had to maneuver the most in all of this. I don't know, man. Never, never count out uh, the Indigo Partners uh, CEO, Bill Frankie, who owns Frontier. <laughs> he, he probably... He's probably pretty quick on the draw. That's, I'm just going to sure. guess. Uh, yeah, but so in reality, uh, I assume, you know, Spirit has figured out how to lock down its shareholders on its side. Uh, after all, the, the new JetBlue offer isn't any better. It's worse. So if the shareholders agreed with Spirit's rationale before, they'll probably agree with it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, you know, so much of the, the money is or so many of the shares are held by institutional investors. So it's not like Spirit has to go around and talk to grandma and grandpa and whoever else has like five shares. Uh, you know, they they should know pretty well where these people stand, I would assume, but mm-hmm. may, maybe not. And, <laughs> you know, if Spirit doesn't know its shareholders as well as it thinks, then, yeah, man, this could get, uh, could get really ugly for Spirit. I, I guess we'll find out on June 10th. Ah, yes, at the shareholder vote. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, because if the shareholders accept it, it's a done deal, assuming the feds approve. But between now and then, I mean, JetBlue could try to up its offer or appeal directly to the shareholders more with an increased offer, find out, you know, have these conversations. Like, you know, what would it take to get you on board? Maybe they do go higher. It seems crazy. It already seems like a really high bid, but JetBlue is just so focused on this that, you know, it it could make for – for a wild ride in the next three weeks here until June 10th. I I think it's exciting. (laughs) Thanks for tuning into Cranky Talk. We'll be back with more deep dives and helpful tips for these turbulent times, but we are skipping an episode, Dave. (laughs) It will be four weeks before we return instead of the usual two. Why, you ask? It's Dave's fault. (laughs) yeah right (laughs) it is dave is getting married and really we know his soon-to-be wife would be pretty pissed off if uh, we made him record a podcast on his wedding night uh yes she would be pissed off i would be pissed off a whole slew of people would be pissed (laughs) why don't you care about your listeners dave i love the listeners especially the ones that i've met in person you are all wonderful people but um not that I, much. uh <laughs> yeah not that much <laughs> <laughs> you don't love the listeners 
Uh, yeah, no, not enough to record something uh, and turn it around and all that uh, before the wedding, but, you know, it is what it is. You guys will all live. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so look for us to be back in four weeks, and uh, then that's yeah, that's it. But if you'd like to be a sponsor of Cranky Talk, let us know. Email us at advertise at crankyflyer.com. And please remember to leave us a five-star rating. This helps other people find the podcast. Rate it anywhere you want, anywhere. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever they let you do five stars, five stars. Um, If you've got personal feelings about the show, write it in the comments. I don't care what you write, as long as it's five stars. Is there an opportunity to also sponsor your wedding? Uh, sure. If, uh, if people want to sponsor the sponsor the wedding, it's at uh, Dave Wedding. Dave, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, there's there's no there's give me no money at DaveWedding.com. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think there's opportunity here. Mm. Uh, yeah, let me crowdsource this wedding. <laughs> it sounds good. <laughs> if you have suggestions for what you'd like us to cover in a future show, we don't care. That's not true. We do care. Dave really cares, actually. He cares the most. That's uh, <laughs> what he does. So you you can email us at info at crankyconcierge.com, and we would love your suggestions. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll see where this goes. In the meantime, everyone wish Dave a happy wedding. Yay! Yay! Thank you. 